News is next. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Susan Lavender. The top stories. The government places part of Jordan in 48-hour lockdown and begins to test thousands. President Biden introduces two trillion US dollar relief plan and Donald Trump's impeachment is set for the week of February 8th. The government says around 10,000 people living in part of Jordan that's currently under lockdown will have to take a COVID test by midnight. The area was placed under 48-hour lockdown early this morning to stem a large outbreak there. Robert Kemp has more. Restricted area runs east to west from Woosung Street to Battery Street and north to south from Kansu Street to Nanking Street. Residents will undergo compulsory testing and they'll only be able to leave with a negative test result and once all testing is mainly complete. The government aims to finish the exercise within 48 hours. The government had earlier stepped up testing in the broader Jordan-specified area if there was one case in the building, while testing residents of about 70 buildings in its core areas near Temple Street and Reclamation Street, even if there were no case. Since the beginning of the month, the Jordan-specified area has recorded over 160 COVID cases in 50 buildings. Secretary for Home Affairs Caspar Choi says residents who had left the area prior to lockdown would be allowed to enter, but they would still have to be tested. He was asked whether shop owners would receive compensation. Currently, we will focus on uh, making sure the uh, area is tested. And uh, as you can see, we would like to minimize um, the inconvenience that will be caused to uh, the residents and, and uh, the store owners. But that's why uh, we would like to uh, make sure that this operation can finish in uh, 48 hours. A DAB lawmaker for Kowloon West, Vincent Cheng, says it's too early to say whether the lockdown should be extended to other areas. I, I don't really think we can make this, uh, the government can make this decision right now because it's only started for this, the first, very first stage. So after two days, uh, we'll see the result and, and have, uh, they, they should consider about it later, not, not right now. We, we, we have to see the result first. But in this stage, we can parallel, I think that the government can parallel to do something more, like just like, just like, just like, just like what I said, because we see that they also have some embedded in other areas. So they, if they have, can provide more uh, testing for them, it's also good for, for the resident over there. President Biden has introduced an economic relief plan worth two trillion U.S. dollars to help Americans reeling from the effects of the coronavirus pandemic. The president signed executive orders which will give low-income families easier access to federal food assistance programs. Speaking at the White House, the president said the government needed to act decisively and boldly to help Americans who were barely hanging on. This is an economic imperative a growing economic consensus that we must act decisively and boldly to grow the economy for all Americans, not just for tomorrow, but in the future. And that uh, return on these investments in jobs and racial equity is going to prevent long-term economic damage and benefits that are going to far surpass their cost. If we don't act, the rest of the world is not standing still in terms of their competitive advantage or the competitive possibilities relative to us. President Biden's nominee to serve as U.S. Secretary of Defense, the retired Army General Lloyd Austin, has been confirmed by the Senate. He'll be the first African-American to lead the Pentagon. Senator Maisie Hirono was the presiding officer for the vote and announced the results. The yeas are 93, the nays are 2, and the nomination is confirmed. 
Under the previous order, the motion to reconsider is considered made and laid upon the table, and the President will be immediately notified of the Senate's actions. Separately, Mr. Biden's nominee for the post of uh, Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, received unanimous support from the Senate Finance Committee and should be confirmed by the whole Senate on Monday. And now you're listening to RTHK. The time is nearly five minutes past one. The Democratic leader of the U.S. Senate, Chuck Schumer, has said the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, will deliver the article of impeachment against former President Donald Trump to the upper chamber on Monday. The House of Representatives impeached Mr. Trump for incitement of insurrection last week after the U.S. Capitol was stormed by his supporters two weeks ago. Mr. Schumer rejected Republican suggestions a trial would be unconstitutional. It makes no sense whatsoever that a president or any official could commit a heinous crime against our country and then be permitted to resign so as to avoid accountability and a vote to disbar them from future office. Makes no sense. Regardless, the purveyors of this unusual argument are trying to delay the inevitable. The fact is the House will deliver the article of impeachment to the Senate. Mr. Trump's trial will begin the week of February 8th. A retweet of a post threatening direct revenge on Donald Trump for the U.S. assassination of Qasem Soleimani has been removed from the Iranian Supreme Leader Ali Khamenei's Farsi Twitter account. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. The photo montage retweeted on the Farsi account representing Ayatollah Khamenei with almost 340,000 followers is provocative to say the least. It shows a figure that is unmistakably Donald Trump taking a swing on a golf course with the shadow of a drone above him. The text reads, vengeance is inevitable. In the light of Mr. Trump's permanent suspension from Twitter, it triggered demands for the social media network to take action. And it has now blocked the obscure subsidiary account on which the tweet was originally posted. But the threatening image does still appear on the Hamane.ir website. There's evidence the new strain of coronavirus, which was first detected in England last September, could be more deadly than the original. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said the variant was putting the health service under intense pressure. The BBC's Palab Ghosh has details. Scientists have known for some time that the new UK variant of the virus is more contagious, but now there's evidence that it might also bring a slightly increased risk of death. The government's chief scientific advisor, Sir Patrick Vallance, stressed that there was considerable uncertainty in the data at this stage and that the possible increased risk appeared to be very small. Sir Patrick also said there was new evidence that vaccines would be effective against the UK variant, but there was some concern about variants from Brazil and South Africa. A court in Britain has given lengthy jail sentences to four members of a people smuggling gang for the manslaughter of 39 Vietnamese migrants. They were found dead in a lorry trailer in 2019. The longest sentence, 27 years, was imposed on one of the ringleaders, a British Romanian, Gheorghe Nica. Another ringleader, a haulier from Northern Ireland, Ronan Hughes, got 20 years. Detective Chief Inspector Daniel Stoughton was the senior investigating officer. The criminals in this case made their money from misery. They knew what they were doing was dangerous, but they did it anyway. They treated the victims as a commodity and they transported them in ways that we would not transport animals.
Cuba's foreign minister, Bruno Rodriguez, has confirmed reports that his country is on course to produce 100 million doses of its own COVID-19 vaccine. The head of Cuba's Vaccination Institute earlier announced that the country's entire population would be offered a dose of the Sovereign 2 product before the end of this year. The U.S. is to review the agreement reached with the Taliban under the Trump administration in February last year. The White House said the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, has told his Afghan counterpart the Biden administration would assess whether the Taliban was living up to its commitments. And with a look ahead at uh, this weekend's football action and the romance of the FA Cup, here's the BBC's Rob Schofield. Only one Premier League fixture this weekend and it's a postponed one. Aston Villa playing catch-up after a coronavirus outbreak at the club, taking on Newcastle, who are winless in nine in all competitions and tumbling down the table. Fourteen other top-flight clubs are in FA Cup action with the tie of the fourth round on Sunday as Manchester United take on an out-of-sorts Liverpool side at Old Trafford. Seven days after their last encounter, Jurgen Klopp's men are without a league win in five games. There are two other all-Premier League ties with Southampton hosting holders Arsenal and Fulham playing Burnley. Under pressure, Chelsea boss Frank Lampard faces a home tie against second division Luton, while an entertaining contest beckons between Leicester City and Championship High Flyers Brentford. It's all about the potential upsets, though, in the FA Cup. I'm not sure it'll be Manchester City who get knocked out, although they face an unfamiliar trip to fourth-tier Cheltenham Town as Tottenham travel to Wickham. Premier League strugglers Sheffield United, though, face a tricky tie against third-tier Plymouth Argyle. And that's the news from RTHK. Tick tock, tick tock. I got so much music to get through in the next couple hours, less than a couple hours. So here's the great vocal harmonies of country legends, Alabama, Tennessee River, right here on Radio 3.
you submitted a 2021 Primary One application form but have not secured a discretionary place, you will receive the Letter of Choice of Schools for Central Allocation and a Choice Form from the Education Bureau. Please follow the instructions attached to the letter and go to the designated Central Allocation Center to make your choice of schools. If you have not received the letter by January 26th, please contact the School Places Allocation section of the Education Bureau at 2832-7700. Radio Moving on to, I would say, the greatest country duet of all time, but you got to put the judge in there, so I'll say the greatest male duet of all time. Here's Brooks and Dunn, My Maria, right here on Radio 3. I've been longing to see her when she's around. She takes my blues away. Sweet Maria. The sunlight surely hurts my I'm a lonely dreamer on a highway in the sky. Gypsy Lane 